0: The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style, from a wide variety of life circumstances,
1: all the way from palace thrones and bedrooms,
0: to the dungeons down in the palace basement.
1: From seashores to mountaintops,
0: And to the backsides of dry desert wasteland. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what he is like, and to let us know his plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God Himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of A Bible Live, Sophie Dollar.
1: Glad to be here with this unique opportunity we have all together, all of us, this unique opportunity on the public airwaves to listen to the Bible itself. By the way, I'd like to mention and say thank you to so very many of you, not quite enough of you, but so many of you who recognize what we're trying to do broadcasting publicly the Bible itself in this era when to many Christian leaders there is increasing and almost a very dangerous ignorance of this book, the Bible, here in our own country, founded and based to a great extent on the teachings of this book, the Bible, not only our governmental systems, but our society and culture so strongly impacted by this book that, as one of our presidents has said, that if the teachings of this book stop being generally well-known throughout the culture, that our society would not even be able to sustain itself. There would be no support, no foundation for it. I believe that with all my heart, and that's one of the passions we have for presenting the scriptures on the airwaves. And I'm so grateful for many of you who pray with us and who make our broadcast a part of your missions giving. Even a small part in a regular basis is so helpful to us. So I want to say thank you for that. Well, we're going to continue our way through the book of 1 Samuel, picking up in chapter 25. But right now, let's go to Psalm 59, talking about the time that David was rescued from Saul's attempt to kill him in his own home. Psalm 59. Rescue me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, though I have done them no wrong, O Lord. Despite my innocence, they prepare to kill me. Rise up and help me. Look on my plight. O Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, rise up to punish hostile nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They come at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouths, the piercing swords that fly from their lips. Who can hurt us, they sneer. But, Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at all the hostile nations. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me, for you, O God, are my place of safety. In his unfailing love, my God will come and help me, He will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Don't kill them, for my people soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power and bring them to their knees, O Lord, our shield. Because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses and their lies. Destroy them in your anger. Wipe them out completely." Then the whole world will know that God reigns in Israel. My enemies come out at night, snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. They scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, I will sing about your power. I will shout with joy each morning because of your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety in the day of distress. Oh, my strength, to you I sing praises. For you, O God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. End of reading, Psalm
2: 59.
1: You do remember the occasion, right, when Saul sent soldiers to David's house just after he had married Saul's daughter, Michael, and uh, Michael actually saves David, and this psalm is written about that occasion. I'm going to have to look at that. That is a powerful teaching for us tonight on The Bible Live. The problems that David faces, maybe one of the reasons that David became a man after God's own heart, he experienced a lot of difficulties, a lot of hardship, a lot of pressures in his life, and maybe that kept him on his knees before God, that kept him humble and broken. Well, let's move from our consideration of the Psalms, Psalm 59 that we read, to the book of 1 Samuel, picking up at verse 2 in chapter 25. In verse 1, we had the announcement of the death of Samuel. We started out looking at Eli, Samuel, and Saul. We're picking up now with David as he flees from an enraged and paranoid Saul. David meets a woman tonight. He's already married to Saul's daughter, Michael, but tonight he meets a lady named Abigail, very impressive woman. See how God brings her into his household. I know that we'll learn a lot here on The Bible Life. 1 Samuel 25, 2 through 28:25. 25. 1 Samuel 25. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the village of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep shearing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was mean and dishonest in all his dealings. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent ten of his young men to Carmel. He told them to deliver this message, Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told that you are shearing your sheep and goats. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you this is true. So would you please be kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration. Please give us any provisions you might have on hand. David's young men gave this message to Nabal and waited for his reply. Who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters, Should I take my bread and water and the meat I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? So David's messengers returned and told him what Nabal had said. Get your swords, was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Four hundred men started off with David, and two hundred remained behind to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent men from the wilderness to talk to our master, and he insulted them. But David's men were very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You'd better think fast, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Abigail lost no time. She quickly gathered two hundred loaves of bread, two skins of wine five dressed sheep, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, one hundred raisin cakes, and two hundred fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband what she was doing. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God deal with me severely if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning.
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the messengers you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present I have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek your life, you are safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record, Then you won't have to carry on your conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murdering the man and carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her gifts and told her, Return home in peace. We will not kill your husband. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal had thrown a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until the next morning. The next morning, when he was sober, she told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke, and he lay on his bed paralyzed. About ten days later, the Lord struck him, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise the Lord, who has paid back Nabal and kept me from doing it myself. Nabal has received the punishment for his sin. Then David wasted no time in sending messengers to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. When the messengers arrived at Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to ask if you will marry him. She bowed low to the ground and responded, Yes, I am even willing to become a slave to David's servants. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. David also married Ahinoam from Jezreel, making both of them his wives. Saul, meanwhile, had given his daughter Michael, David's wife, to a man from Galim named Palti, son of Laish.
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: 1 Samuel 26 Now some messengers from Ziph came back to Saul at Gibeah to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hakilah, which overlooks Jeshimon. So Saul took 3,000 of his best troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped along the road beside the hill of Hakilah, near Jeshimon, where David was hiding. But David knew of Saul's arrival, so he sent out spies to watch his movements. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and his general, Abner, son of Ner, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Will anyone volunteer to go in there with me? David asked Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother. "'I'll go with you,' Abishai replied." So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep, with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the warriors were lying asleep around him. "'God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time,' Abishai whispered to David. "'Let me thrust that spear through him. I'll pin him to the ground, and I won't need to strike twice.' "'No!' David said." Don't kill him, for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down some day, or he will die in battle or of old age. But the Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed. But I'll tell you what, we'll take his spear and his jug of water and then get out of here. So David took the spear and jug of water that were near Saul's head. Then he and Abishai got away without anyone seeing them or even waking up, because the Lord had put Saul's men into a deep sleep. David climbed the hill opposite the camp until he was at a safe distance. Then he shouted down to Abner and Saul, "'Wake up, Abner!' "'Who is it?' Abner demanded. "'Well, Abner, you're a great man, aren't you?' David taunted. "'Where in all Israel is there anyone as mighty?' So why haven't you guarded your master, the king, when someone came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you and your men deserve to die because you failed to protect your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around. Where are the king's spear and the jug of water that were beside his head? Saul recognized David's voice and called out, Is that you, my son David? And David replied, Yes, my lord, the king. Why are you chasing me? What have I done? What is my crime? But now let my lord the king listen to his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, then let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, then may those involved be cursed by the lord. For you have driven me from my home, so I can no longer live among the lord's people and worship as I should. Must I die on foreign soil, far from the presence of the lord? Why has the king of Israel come out to search for a single flea? Why does he hunt me down like a partridge on the mountains? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you, for you valued my life today. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Here is your spear, O king, David replied. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. And I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you in my power, for you are the Lord's anointed one. Now may the Lord value my life, even as I have valued yours today. May he rescue me from all my troubles. And Saul said to David, Blessings on you, my son David. You will do heroic deeds and be a great conqueror. Then David went away And Saul returned home.
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: 1 Samuel 27 But David kept thinking to himself, Someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing for me to do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and their families and went to live at Gath under the protection of King Achish. David brought his two wives along with him. Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Akish, If it is all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day, and they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Gersherites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur along the road to Egypt since ancient times. David didn't leave one person alive in the villages he attacked. He took the sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you make your raid today, Achish would ask. And David would reply, Against the south of Judah, the Jeromaelites, and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell where he had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Akish believed David and thought to himself, By now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will have to stay here and serve me forever.
2: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: 1 Samuel 28 About that time the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. "'King Achish told David, "'You and your men will be expected to join me in battle.' "'Very well,' David agreed. "'Now you will see for yourself what we can do.' "'Then Achish told David, "'I will make you my personal bodyguard for life.' "'Meanwhile Samuel had died, "'and all Israel had mourned for him. "'He was buried at Ramah, his hometown, "'and Saul had banned all mediums and psychics "'from the land of Israel.' The Philistines set up their camp at Shunem, and Saul and the armies of Israel camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium, so I can go and ask her what to do. His advisors replied, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home at night, accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed? the woman demanded. You know that Saul has expelled all the mediums and psychics from the land. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised... As surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, Well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, You deceived me! You are Saul! Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like? Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized that it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with us, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me if the Lord has left you and become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would. He has taken the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. The Lord has done this because you did not obey his instructions concerning the Amalekites. What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow, and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring the entire army of Israel down in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words. He was also faint with hunger, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. When the woman saw how distraught he was, she said, Sir, I obeyed your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say, and let me give you something to eat, so you can regain your strength for the trip back. But Saul refused. The men who were with him also urged him to eat, so he finally yielded and got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had been fattening a calf, so she hurried out and killed it. She kneaded dough and baked unleavened bread. She brought the meal to Saul and his men, and they ate it. Then they went out into the night. End of reading, 1 Samuel 25, 2 through 28:25.
2: Even in the little things, never seemed too big to me and the things i thought didn't matter much
1: at all you're listening to the bible live with sophie dollar my
2: daily bread to the strength i need to get out of bed when i fly when i'm about to fall with you
1: Make me aware. The greatest problem that believers have is to believe. And sometimes unbelief itself is not our problem, it's ignorance or just distraction. That song says a lot Make me aware, O God. Keep me aware of your presence every day, all along the way. Sometimes I get started with the Lord and then I forget Him about mid morning and then all of a sudden I remember about mid afternoon. Oh, yes, that's right. God's here. I belong to Him. We lose sight, we forget. We move out of the position, the place of faith and trust, and we often get ourselves into problems in those moments. These are very, very interesting passages from the book of First Samuel. What an amazing life this man David lived. From one adventure and one struggle to the next, by his very life, God molded him and forced him to his knees. This was a man who had to trust God from day to day for his very existence. And all the while, he has this promise in the back of his mind that he has been anointed by Samuel. Tonight we saw his passing to be the next king. And here he has these opportunities to kill the one who stands between him and the fulfillment of that promise, and he will not do it. He will not kill God's anointed. The ends do not justify the means, not just in words, but in deeds. David shows his commitment to God, his respect for the authority of God, In anointing and assigning Saul to be the first king, David respected that and would not take that into his own hands. Probably almost any of us would have felt that David was justified in some ways in killing Saul who was out to kill him. And yet he would not do it because of his respect for God and God's anointed. One of the great problems in our society and in our world today is a great number of people do not understand one of the most fundamental truths of the Bible, the sin nature of man. Evil is real, and some people, at least temporarily, have aligned their lives with wickedness at the core of their being. If their primary allegiance is to themselves or any other thing or person besides the true and living God, then at the very core, there is wickedness. Very nice people can be very wicked. I have read stories and books about people that you would definitely consider evil and wicked. Sometimes they can be very charismatic, very nice, very friendly, very generous, kind people outwardly. And yet we know in the core of their being, in their heart of hearts, there was emptiness, there was wickedness. We get a chance to look at David in light of these particular challenges. Nabal's name means fool, very correctly and aptly named, but Abigail is wise. She advises Nabal wisely. He doesn't accept her advice, but then she advises David against revenge. She took swift action. She was a skilled negotiator, obviously a woman of faith, and God rewarded Abigail's faith in him. Well, I'm not quite sure you can understand David's experience with Nabal and Abigail unless you realize that that entire story is predicated on The customs of the time demanded that simple hospitality be expressed, that travelers, any number of travelers, be fed and lodged as best as one could. And of course, Nabal was rich. He could have taken care of David and his men easily. But David, of course, was not even asking for a handout. We see that he had protected Nabal's shepherds and Nabal's herds for him. And so there's a lesson about generosity to the needy and especially, as well, pay workmen they're due. Well, we see the setup for the end of Saul's 42-year reign in the beginning of a new era under King David. Bible Next time. Live
0: with Sophie Dollars. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your financial support is needed to help keep the Bible live on the airwaves of your city. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, PO Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget...